Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever. Joey Thurman is back. Health, fitness, and nutrition expert Joey inspires us on how to navigate men's mental health. He is the author of 365 Health and Fitness Hacks That Could Save Your Life, creator of Fast Results on Open Fit, and the host of the Fad or Future podcast. This topic is not something we normally discuss as a society, and we wanted to do a deep dive. Listen in on how Joey chooses himself by working in and not just working out. Joey, Jay, one of my favorite people on the planet. I'm so excited to have you back. Thank you for being here with me today. Well, I'm one of your favorite or the favorite. Okay, well, you're the favorite, but I didn't want to insult <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> That's fine. I, you know, I just threw out that fishing line there and you took the bait. I did. I did. I always do with you. So, Jay, today we want to talk about men specifically and mental health. And why don't we normally talk about men and mental health? You know, that's just such a loaded question. And I think it's getting better. It is with, with social media. There's so many things I hate about social media, but there's a lot of things that I love about it too. You know, as people are getting out there a little bit more, but I, I think as men were taught, like, uh, we got to be tough and boys don't cry and, and shake it off. Right. How many times did you fall on the ground as a kid? And generally speaking, like if we're just going like gender stereotypes here, you fall on the ground as a girl and you cry. It's okay. Right. She's a girl. She can cry. Boys fall down. They scrape their knee shake it off, rub it off. Well, sometimes that just hurts. And, you know, we want to cry, but we're taught not to, is we're taught to be these protectors. You know, we're, we're protecting our pride and really protecting our pride makes us more vulnerable. And then we're, we're holding that and building up these walls and starting at a young age. How do you think that impacts men going forward, growing up? Yeah. I mean, tremendously, right? Like hey, we're imprinted from when we're young. Um, I can't remember if it's up to like six or seven years old. We, we develop all these different emotions and feelings and connections. And, you know, there's a reason why, you know, many psychologists and psychiatrists are start talking about how your childhood was, because it's not just like blaming mommy and daddy, but it's really shaping how you have these feelings and emotions. And we'll get into that, which are different, right? Um, that shape your entire life consciously and subconsciously because there's these events that have imprinted on your mind that often you're not even aware of. Yes. So amazing, right? Just unpacking that and unfolding, like taking the layers off the onion. It kind of mind blowing if you go backwards. What do you think is the number one misconception about men and masculinity with respect to mental health? Yeah. Um, like I said, we're, we're just taught to be tough, but not necessarily mentally aware, right, uh, of how we're how we're feeling uh, about the time or uh, what brings up these particular emotions, and you know, feeling feeling feelings essentially are, are what's happening in the moment. Emotions are subconscious that have been imprinted on you. So people use these interchangeably, but they're completely different things, right? Look at different cultures and traditions. One one positive emotion, uh, you know, it might be from relaxing, like let's say we go to China, right? Like the positive emotions was published in psychology today, like more relaxation um, elicits a more of a positive emotion where you go somewhere um, in Europe where like excitement is more positive emotions from there. So even culturally, we're taught to be completely different emotionally. And these affect how we immediately feel uh, about these things and this armor that we're taught to build up throughout our entire lives. Talk more about that. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I talked on my, on my Ted talk, like, um, I didn't realize for years that why I started working out, you know, I thought I was working out to add a bunch of muscle and look good and get the girl. Right. And then of course there's a little bit in that, but really I was building up an armor to mask all of these things that were hidden down deep inside of me. And I thought that if I could, I could look tough and then maybe these things wouldn't break down that armor, but there's always, you know, spots in that armor where that sword can get through and you can really feel it too. So by constantly trying to put up these walls and being a certain way often makes you just more distraught and go down that deep, dark hole of just depression. And obviously when I speak of this, like I, I am not a doctor by any means, but I've seen lots of psychologists and psychiatrists and I use a life coach myself right now and, and trying to understand where my divine self wants to come in. And your divine self is more of like your, your light, your love, like where you really want to get to. But like, there's those moments in life where we realize like, oh, wow, this is how I should be. And this is, I had this epiphany, if you will. But then your self that's grounded right now, like, oh, I can't do that. I can't make this change. And as adults, like I, we have the ability, whether it's listening to you know, choose you, choose you now podcast or going and seeking help somewhere, like we have the ability to change ourselves. Kids don't have that ability. They don't, they don't necessarily, you know, at four or five years old, they can't go seek out a counselor. Like the, the adults are the ones that are supposed to help them with that. So I have little sympathy for adults that don't take care of their shit. Pardon my <laughs> friend. Like, you know what I mean? I'm 38 years old and I could sit there and say, whoa, is me and all these things. And my parents were divorced to each other twice and um, all this sort of crap. And, you know, it was my mom's fault, my dad's fault, my sister's fault, you know, moving, blah, blah, blah. But I have the ability to seek out that help. And there's the, that help. And there's so many things now that are free, by the way, that you can go to to help yourself. So you no longer have an excuse. If you sought all the help, you've done that, you've held, you've been, you know, in different clinics, if you will, like, sure, like maybe you can use that. Like I, I did everything I could, but have you really? Because most people haven't. We like complaining about things in our lives, but we really don't like fixing it. Same thing with health and diet and everything else, which you're very aware of, right? People want to complain or uh, like, I want to lose weight. I want to add muscle. I want to sleep better. Okay. What have you done for that? I so respect that. I'm so an advocate for taking accountability and um, authority and over yourself. But it is it is unique. It is not something that most people do, it seems like. It seems like um, it's so easy not to. It's so easy to fall into that trap of, of like that victim mentality, as you're kind mm -hmm. of describing. And I respect that you've taken this journey. And I want to know, like, do you know what it was? What was the epiphany? What made you kind of, because, you know, if you're in it, it's like a fish doesn't know it's wet when it's right. And so right. how did you know that you wanted to dive into this? What was it? Was there a specific incident or what was it that inspired you to move in this direction? Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, there, there's multiple um, incidences in my life. Uh, back when I was 13, 14 years old, uh, my parents were separated for the umpteenth time, um, got back together and then got divorced when I was 20, 23, I believe. Right. Um, I kept saying I wanted to walk to this bridge that was close to our house and jump off it. Um, and then, you know, I, then I was getting bullied and I was sick and I stayed at home for a week and I had switched schools from Wisconsin to St. Louis. And there was all these things that had compiled and my mom had the foresight to take me to um, a suicide clinic. 
to be on suicide watch. So, and then I started, you know, seeing a psychiatrist and a counselor, which big difference, um, you know, psychiatrists often, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, for what I've experienced, you know, they often just want to prescribe a pill. Um, the counselors, you're more talking about your feelings. So I was seeing both, right? Um, that helped for a little bit. Parents got that together. And then, you know, there was a big Band-Aid placed over that. And then, you know, later on in life, another traumatic experience happened. And, and most recently, uh, especially with COVID, you know, it's really hard to get all this outside help and see these people. I've barely seen my parents in a couple of years. We've got a young kid and we're worried about that. I live with my in-laws who have some different comorbidities. So we're concerned about that. And, uh, uh, about a month or two ago, I, I had a snap. Um, I was driving with my, um, son and wife and I was driving and I snapped and I was, it scared the hell out of me as we were driving. And I remember times in my life when that had happened, when I was a kid, um, in any particular adult that would happen. Um, and it scared the hell out of me. It really did. And, you know, I didn't, I don't want to be that person. So it was, it was to the point where I think that imprinting of back when I was a kid and that had happened. Um, you know, my dad would get very angry and driving and he would yell at us and, you know, um, dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but this has happened, right? Love you. But you know, he, he would, he would snap and he would drive the car really fast and it would be really scary, you know? And then my mom would be crying, would be crying. And there's all sorts of shit that happened. And I was like, holy shit, I don't want to be that person. You know, my father has so many amazing qualities. My mother has so many amazing qualities, but we're not perfect, right? No. Nobody, like, uh, as parents, we're, we're taught, and you, and you get this, like, we're taught never to make a mistake. Like, I'm going to be a shitty father at times. And we, we, we put these labels on ourselves that we have to be perfect all of the time and make the right decisions and do all sorts of stuff. And that's why, like, I snap on social media when I see somebody, like, making fun of a child. Like, you fucking asshole. Like, don't do that. You cannot make sense. Right? You might have to bleep me out during this stuff. But like, there's these things as parents that we are trying to live up to these expectations. So when I snapped, I realized I can, I'm not the perfect father. Holy crap. Nobody's but perfect. What I, right. But what I can do, what I did do is I sent a text message to my buddy, um, Joel Rolampagos, who has a, and this is free, called Change Your Algorithm, free counseling. And I said, dude. I need some anger help, like some anger management help. I know you have all these world-class experts. So we did this class with a bunch of people, 20-something people on Zoom, and you can, you know, you can show yourself, you cannot, um, with this life coach, um, PhD psychologist, and she's very good. And after that, I contacted her, and I'm, and I'm working with her directly. And I thought I was just going to work on my anger, right? But she's like, that's, that's just one feeling, right? And these emotions that are coming up, she's like, we need to work on everything, but not be afraid of them. Not be afraid of your anger, not be afraid of your sadness, afraid of your depression, all these different experiences, but acknowledging them. And then what do we do with them? And then since that snap that I had when I was driving, I haven't done that since then. Not saying that like I won't ever again, but it was so traumatic to myself and obviously probably to my wife and child. I'm like, I cannot be that person. So I took- Good for yeah. you. And like, you know, yeah, of course, that that awareness is everything. It's like, that's what I teach with nutrition and diet, everything. It's like the awareness of why you're doing something, that, that moment of space where you can go, wow, I, I need to address this. And I know I could speak for many, 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 many people. We're so grateful that 
you didn't, you got saved from that whole suicide ideation and that you are still here because you're such a love and light in this world. You are, it leads me to this next question is that you are, you know, you're out there as this like really, I mean, masculine of all masculine men, like you, your muscles and your, you know, you're all about this, this tall, gorgeous, you know, hunk of man, whatever. That's and you're filter. out there. What? That's just filters. No, no. I've seen you in real life. <laughs> but what do you think? What is it like? Like, do you think showing emotion equates to not being masculine? What is it like to be this masculine role model and thinking about it from that context? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's hard. It, it, it's, it's really hard because I, I try to keep certain parts of my life private, but I feel like I have a duty to also show some parts for people so they can realize they're not alone. Um, for example, I made a comment on somebody's post that was making fun of a child the other day. And of course, I got ridiculed by a bunch of people. One person said, "How? oh, you may have rock rock hard abs, but you're sure, you're sure soft, right? Oh my gosh, right. I can't even imagine what kind of post you're talking about. That's insane. Yeah. Um, sure. let's, just, let's just say this particular individual shared a video of a kid and called them like, what, what's the, what are the odds this kid's going to become a serial killer? Ew, um, ew. Yeah, it was just, it was just parents that were obviously very concerned about COVID and stuff and seeing a grandfather. So that was, let's just say there was extra PPE involved. Um, and I said, I'm like, that is not like people are using this, you know, to get likes and follows and stuff. Right. So I just made a comment. I normally don't comment on that stuff and uh, rock hard abs, but you're soft inside. Take the stick out of your right. Like all, all that sort of stuff. And I, like, I just kind of like shrug it off. I'm an adult. I can take that. Right. And, and do and words do heart hurt as adults. Sure. But kids don't. So like I, I have no like if I ever see that person you know I would punch them straight in the face it would happen right um, <laughs> okay would, okay right? Jake <laughs> so, back back to your question um, by showing myself um, and you can't ever truly show all of yourself on social media uh, anybody says that they do they're lying to you um, by showing mm-hmm. myself I've realized that it's more than just guys that are, are coming, you know, um, sliding into my DMs, which sounds dirty, but it's just like, <laughs> um, you know, and saying like, wow, like your, your post really helped me. I had no idea you were this way. Well, of course you had no idea, right? Because I made a post, you know, even uh, today, which by the time people listen to this, it'll be the other day. Like you saw today, like it was like reasons to have muscle. And it was funny, Muscles, like, people, like, yeah. you know, like un- unbuttoning my shirt. But, you know, people see that and they think like I've got it all together. So that's why I have to let them know that, hey, the boys are not all right, right? Just because you look a certain way does not mean that you feel a certain way. And these emotions get brought up in you that have just been with you your entire life. And I think that we need to be more open and honest and, and choose what you want to share, right? Um, and whether that's on social media or somebody, you know, within your own life and sending them a a text message or getting on a zoom with them, or if you can see them safely, then go ahead and do so. But, uh, hopefully by, you know, me being this alpha, if you will, um, you can still be an alpha, um, and still tell people that you, that you care and you hurt and things bother you. I love that you're doing that. I think you're a great advocate for that. And I think people need to hear that. It's really important. What do you think are some of the most common mental health issues that men face in general? Yeah, well, one, I think that people um, who don't think that the way we look, you know, affects us. Guys want to look good. I don't care what you what what, what anybody says. Like, you don't you don't want to look like a lazy turd, right? You, that doesn't want to happen. So, uh, I think aesthetics uh, are something that people still aren't aware of. That 
it affects the way you see yourself in the mirror every single day, you know, um, and, and you're, and you're staring back at yourself. Um, and that, and that's hard to do at times. And nobody ever looks at themselves like oh, every single time, like, wow, I look amazing. Right. We're always comparing I thought ourselves. You did. Is that not true? No, absolutely not. Right. Like, um, actually most of the time, here's a funny thing, like on photo shoots and stuff, I don't like seeing myself. I often don't watch myself back on TV because I will pick apart myself. And I will realize that I realize that I do that. So being aware of that, number one, is very helpful. And then absorbing that, realizing like, hey, okay, uh, this is how I feel. This is how, how um, these emotions that are brought up inside of me, whatever they may be. So maybe I shouldn't look at all of these photos or do that because I will pick it apart profusely. So that, that is huge. I, I think also trying to be aware of your own emotions while trying to fix everybody else that's always ingrained in us and then when you can't fix somebody then you're like wait i'm i'm failing as a man i'm supposed to be this hunter gatherer and fix everything right so often we don't listen to other people and i do the same thing myself sometimes my wife just wants to talk she just wants me to listen she doesn't want me to fix things and for somebody that my job is to fix things for people. That's hard to do. Same thing for you, Jay. I, I'm sure that like you see people talking about like wanting to lose weight or be healthier and you have all these things. You've written whatever, seven books, right? But sometimes people just want to complain and, ha and have an ear without you or me or anybody else telling them what they should fix and what they should do. Oh, Jay, yeah. I love this so much. I mean, this is very common in relationship dynamics, right? That this is what happens, that people just want to be heard. And this happens so often. You just want to be heard and you don't want someone to try to fix things. I'm so glad you're saying this. Say it again. <laughs> it's so important. Yeah, yeah like, that's the thing. Hey, guys, girls, uh, everybody out there, whatever you identify as, right? Like sometimes people just want to talk and complain. And then what I found is like, okay, so like I, I often will say this to family members or wife. I said, do you want me to respond as a husband, as a fitness nutrition expert, or do you just want me to listen? And by me saying that out loud, I realize I need to do this a lot more. Um, That's good. Right, right ah, there, yeah. that is huge. Um, because then that person right there, the onus is on them. Like, wow, I actually didn't even realize why I'm saying this or why I'm complaining, you know, and, and, and being cognizant of that will make the conversation more than one-sided. Exactly. And again, it's the acknowledgement. It's the like understanding where you're at, that taking that moment, it's so profound. Yeah. So, okay. For the men listening or for those who have some special men in their life, how can we help them be quote unquote mentally healthy? Like what's something, what's like an easy thing that they could do as a first step towards their you know, improving or optimizing their mental health? Yeah, I, I think one, getting your sleep on point uh, and your circadian mm -hmm. rhythm on point. And I, I think you might have been expecting me to say like counseling or whatever or nutrition. If, you're, if your sleeping is not on point, a regular schedule, go to bed at the same time within an hour and wake up same time every single day and getting that circadian rhythm on point. You're going to have all sorts of different endocrine issues. You're going to crave worse food. You're, you're, going, to be you're going to be tired. You're not going to be uh, operating, you know, cognitively as well. There's all sorts of mental decline and Alzheimer's and dementia are, are being linked to lack of sleep. So right there mentally, like we need to sleep consistently so we can have that circadian rhythm on point. So right there, just try to start going to bed 
around the same time every single night. Yes, seven days a week, not just Monday through Thursday, um, seven days a week. And then waking up around the same time, you'll start to feel better. Getting light in the morning is great as possible. Getting some sort of movement if you can. I think that's really beneficial. And then um, getting up in the morning and first thing you do, don't grab your phone and just think about your day and how it's going to be and, and what you can do um, and things that you are looking forward to. Like, okay, I gotta get up, I've got a meeting, I've got this, I've got the kids or whatever. And looking at that entire day um, and, and doing this like thought process or thought cycle as I'm terming in my next book, like you, ha- you have that cycle about how the, how the day is gonna be and you think, okay, here's what's gonna happen. Here's some things that may come up. Um, I might get stressed out at work or with my boss or with my kids, but you know, it's going to be okay. And here's what I can do to move forward. So you're right there. You're just setting yourself up. And then of, of course, movement, working out, all that's great, but that's only one piece of this massive thousand piece puzzle, right? But you're not going to fix it all at once. So one thing at a time, the, the minimum amount that you can do, and you don't even need to tell people that you're doing this. I think sometimes when people fail, it's like, I'm going on a diet, I'm going to start this new workout. And they, they tell every single person, right? What happens when you fail? People are like, oh, how'd that diet go? Oh, well, you know, I, I got off of it or I didn't, I didn't work out. Just start doing it on your own and see if other people notice. Uh, and then they, they often will like, what are you doing? You look better. You're, you're happier. You're healthier. Oh, I started working out. I started sleeping better. I started walking 10 minutes in the morning. You know, like all that. I started adding more vegetables. Crazy. Uh, you will start to feel a lot better. And obviously getting rid of uh, the processed sugar and stuff um, can do wonders for you. But um, you don't have to do it all at once. Truth bomb. That was so good, Joey. <laughs> like, you know that. I love all of that. That's so accurate. It's such a great answer. All of it. All of it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about, let's get a little bit more detailed about how fitness and nutrition fit into a man's mental health. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, working out for me, it, it used to be to, you know, look good. And obviously there's still a component of that, but now I know if I don't move in a day and I, I think people, when they say workout, they think like lifting heavy weights, man. Well, you know, that's great. I like doing that, but taking a walk or a run or chasing around my kid and playing tag, that movement is mental health medicine. That's my prescription right there. But it, it's, it's, not, it's not the fix for everything, right? It, it does help. And I do feel better that way. So some sort of movement throughout the day, I think is great. Even just walking, you know, 10 minutes walking in the morning or one of the simplest things I think people can do is get outside. Yes, whether it's cold or, you know, or hot and Juliana, you know, like you put it this in your um, previous book about um, getting cold and how important that is. So if you're somewhere cold, like, you know, sure, wear, wear a hat and gloves and be safe, but walk outside 10 minutes after every single meal, whether eating two times a day or four times a day, right? Then that's 20 to 40 minutes. Look at that math. You've got that movement in right there. That'll help. You're getting outside. You're getting your vitamin D. Um, you're regulating your metabolism. Um, then the cold does a number of wonders too. And also heat helps. So getting that in, working out three days a week, a full body routine with resistance training, which could be your body weight bands, whatever, that's incredibly important. Cardio, like people think that uh, when you lift weights, you stop breathing for some reason. <laughs> like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't do cardio. No, yeah, you're still breathing when you're lifting weights. You get out of breath when you lift weights. Like um, the treadmill manufacturers are going to hate me, but why do people jump on a treadmill and elliptical? Because it's easy. 
you have to press a button. You don't really do anything. You could sit Whoa. there and eat a tri triple chocolate chip cookie on a bike, which I've seen people doing at the no. same time and, and, and read a magazine and think that you got your workout because these numbers on there said you burned 500 calories. Great. You burned 500 calories. We ate a thousand calorie cookie. I'd rather you not get on that useless piece of cardio machine. Walk, lift weights. That's the best thing that you can do for your body. And when I say lifting weights, your body is a weight too. All right. So that can help. There's tons of research about the cardiovascular benefits of lifting weights, resistance training. So you don't necessarily need to do cardio. Obviously, if you're training for something like that, that's a different thing. People are like, oh, he told me not to do cardio. Well, like, come on, like it's contextually based. People need to do more resistance training, joint health, muscle tissue, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then from there, like eat a lot of greens coming from a guy that didn't used to eat a lot of greens. And Juliana got me to go vegan for several months and I did feel pretty good. Now, the majority of my food, if we're looking at it, is from plants. Yes, I still eat meat and eggs and whatever, but I do have lots of greens every single day, lots of fruits, and I do feel better from doing that. And I know that the trigger foods, that when I have them, if I have like ice cream or something, I know one, my digestive system is wrecked, but two, mentally, I don't feel good that day and the following day. So take a note of the things that you did. Like if you wake up one day and you say, oh, I feel depressed. I feel sad. I feel angry. Think about it. like, go back and have that thought cycle and think, wait, what happened yesterday? Write down your day, write down the food, write down what happened, write down what you, uh, what you drank as well. And what time you went to bed. Did you watch a scary movie before bed? You know, were you com completely sympathetic dominant or, you know, did you take that time for yourself to work in instead of work out? Like, oh, wait a minute. I had ice cream. I did this. I watched a war movie before bed. Well, yeah, you just jacked yourself up right there. Of course, you didn't sleep well. Of course, you feel like crap today. So just these little things can go a long way for your mental health. Well, you know, I could always talk to you all the time, but I have one more question. And I want to know, Joey, how do you choose yourself when you're not having the best day? Oh, how do I choose me now? You know, I think that for a long time, I realized that choosing me wasn't selfish. It became more selfless, right? Mm -hmm. By choosing yourself and your mental health and being aware of what makes you feel better in the moment and emotionally, as we know, the difference, emotionally healing that imprinting on yourself will in turn help the other people that you love around you. There is times when you cannot choose yourself. And I know the Choose Yourself podcast, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. No, there's, <laughs> there's, there's times, especially if you're a parent, that you don't have, like, you cannot choose you. You wake up, you have a headache, you feel like crap. Well, you still got to feed the kid, right? So sometimes you need to realize in order to choose yourself, you need to choose other people. And then when you can come back to yourself and fix you emotionally, that in turn will help everybody else you love in your life. Beautiful, Jay. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. That was really, really inspiring. And I uh, can't wait to have you back. Well, I just like talking to you and I, I appreciate everybody listening and hopefully, hopefully it helped. I, as a woman, found that insight into a man's perspective quite intriguing. And I'm so grateful for his complete candor and authenticity. If you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, become a member of our Patreon page, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash choose you now. 
patreon.com slash choose you now to have access to exclusive bonus content. Please subscribe to the show, rate and review us on iTunes, and send us an email with your questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now, and I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love.